Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. to another exciting episode of SFP Now. Uh, today's guest, who will be uh, airing the interview with later on, is uh, none other than Bear McCreary, who will be talking about the uh, music that he's been doing of late for um, projects such as um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he will also talk a little bit about the soundtrack that he did for Defiance. Uh, but before we get to that, um, uh, with me today, um, as ever, is our good friend and... Uh, U.S. content editor at SciFiPulse.net, Ty Badoni. Hey, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. I love being on the show. Yeah, it's been about, it's been a few weeks. I know, I was thinking, Ian doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, what it is, is um, our, our editor's been, been, been busy for the past uh, three or four weeks. And so we just... <laughs> no, that's good, that's good. So, so um, you know, thanks, Sean, for coming back. <laughs> And now, Last Week in News. Anyway, Ty, I figured instead of doing straight news this week, there's quite a lot of stuff's happened over the last four or five weeks uh, that, that you and I haven't talked. And I thought, you know, we'd we just pick up on a few of these things, such as... Um, you know, um, I think the first story to go with really um, is the fact that we've now got a new Doctor Who in the form of yes. Capaldi. A new doctor, yeah, that's always a that's always a fun thing. What's most interesting is that he's an older gentleman. He's not uh, not a young, you know, whippersnapper like these. The last two were young guys, especially Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that is kind of interesting. It's also kind of funny as well, um, but it's also interesting because. It, it harkens back to the early days of Doctor Who because the very first actor to play Doctor Who was um, actually, um, I think he was actually a couple of years older than Capaldi. He was, I think he was about 55 yeah. when he took it on, was William Hartnell. And Capaldi is 53. But what's kind of funny about it is uh, seeing the internet response from the fan girls. I found a I found a YouTube video um, about it, uh, about a day, day or so after it had been announced. 
And it was a, basically a, a naive reaction of, I think she was 12 or 14 years old, and she was watching it on, on the uh, television. And this was filmed. And she, and as soon as it comes on, and it's uh, in this older guy, she goes, Ooh! What? What? Who's he? Who's he? And she goes, That's it now. That's it now. I'm done. <laughs> Well, but wait a second, is, is, uh, is Matt Smith a, a, a heartthrob as well as a really wacky doctor, or is he just a wacky doctor? He, he's, he's become somewhat of a heartthrob, I think, but, you know, yeah. there was no, no bigger heartthrob in Doctor Who really than uh, David Tennant in recent years, you know, but they basically them having cast young actors or relative young actors for, you know, mean, yeah. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eccleston was sort of early 40s, I think. Well, you know, I think it's a good thing that he's older. I'm, I'm actually, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for a doctor with a... Then again, I was going to say a doctor with a little wisdom, but they're all over 900 years old, right? So I guess they've all got wisdom. It doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe it's time for him. Let, let's see what this guy can do, you know? Yeah, and let's, let's think about it. The doctor and these relationships that he's had his con- with, with companions and stuff like that in the real world, he'd be doing yeah. a kiddie fit on it. Yeah, now, and that reason, I think everyone really loves this new companion. And whenever there's a new doctor, they always change the companion, don't they? Uh, no, she's staying. But I think I think the dynamic is going to change. You know, I think the uh, you know, and, and the, I think with the older actor now, it's so like uh, we we can have the we can have that you know the doctor being the um, caring adult, so like the maternal song like side side of things coming out in 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 the character. Yeah, um, and I wonder, you know, it'd be interesting to see how his personality is going to change, you know, because even though David Tennant and, uh, in our, in our latest incarnation of the doctor, they're both a little wacky and full of energy. They were still different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really looking forward to see the difference that this doctor will, how he's going to stand out mm-hmm. apart from the last, just the last doctor, let alone the last two or three, which are our newest, you know, doctors. Yeah. Well, to reassure the American listeners um, who haven't seen any anything from Peter Capaldi, he's a talented actor. He's been around for a while. Um, he's been around oh. for a good long while. But, um, you know, so like um, he, he had a bit of a breakthrough role in a, in a TV show. It's kind of like a political satire called The Thick of It, where he played a political spin doctor um, uh-huh. who, who swore a lot. So... And there's actually quite a funny, there's actually quite a funny YouTube video on 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 online of of of, um, of Capaldi as Doctor Who, and and the song I dubbed all the uh, all the uh, swearing from this character <laughs> that he played in, into it. I wouldn't mind a, a vulgar Doctor. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't think they'll go that far because obviously it's a family show. Yeah, I know. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he, 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 you know the guy, the guy that's got the role, he can act. He's got really, he's got a really good set of acting chops, and he's right, been he's right. been wanting to play the part since he was about nine years old. So, hey, this might be a great thing for Doctor Who. I, my impression is, and and my take on it is, I think going to be the same spin that I'm going to put on if we talk about Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, not to give away my position, but listen, I- I'm willing to give it a try. I really want to see what this new doctor is going to do, and change is good. Mm-hmm. So until he turns out to be, you know, a horrible thing, my impression is he. I think this might be good for Doctor Who. Yeah, I, I think I think so too, and um, I think we should save the Ban- Ben Affleck stuff for last. <laughs> That's the most current <laughs> thing that's going on, Ringy. Um, the most contentious. Yeah. <laughs> so we should save that for last. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing you know what Capaldi does. I'm looking forward to seeing what they what 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 they decide to uh, dress him up in. You know what his costume will be. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, hoping, yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially that right. What's he gonna look like? What's his costume gonna be? Yeah. I, I think he should be a gunslinger from the Wild West. I think he should just go with something, you know, <laughs> you know, a bit whacked out. Only, only um, I, I, I wouldn't want him to go with something like Colin Baker wore in the, um, you know, in in the original series. Yeah, well, I just love that that scarf, and uh, I don't know. I kind of wouldn't mind if if there's some throwback to a past Doctor Who, you know? I mean, he's still the same Doctor, is he not? He may have, he, he, there may, he may have changed, of course, but, but uh, you know, I mean, I still like certain, like when I go into my man cave, so to speak, you know, there's stuff I haven't, you know, used much lately, but I still like, well, might pick it up and walk around with it for a little while. So, you know, why couldn't the doctor, you know, put that scarf on from time to time or, or yeah. one of the jackets from a different doctor? You know what I mean? Yeah, you could, you could even, you could even write it into the script, couldn't you? Oh, you could say, yeah. Eve, oh, I, I haven't used know. this thing in, in oh so long. And I don't know. It just being, I think, I think it's nice to give an homage. You know the fans like that stuff. You know when you when you when you when you bring something up that hasn't been around in a while in a show, people tend to like that. I think so. Oh, they could. Yeah, you know, they, could have, was, they could have a. They could I have would a, do that. They could have an emotional scene where he's reunited with his scar from the 1970s, only to find yeah, that it's been eaten by moths. Or the Doctor's cane, right? The original Doctor had a cane. That's right. Uh, yeah. Each of them has something. You know, I'd love to see it. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see it. You know, even if it's just a, you're looking in his closet and you see a whole bunch of different stuff, that'd be fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think New Dots should be a bank robber and robber and be wearing a bag of kava. Well, careful what you ask for. <laughs> or he could be he could be an aging rock star like Keith Richards. <laughs> See, that's not bad either. I kind of like that. You know, <laughs> the TARDIS will have uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and and um, you know, Clara's role in the, in 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 the whole whole thing is to look after the dots <laughs> because he's going to see that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, well, moving on from that because you know the Doctor Who scenario is getting more and more ridiculous. We've um, we've had you know in recent weeks we've also had some some. Very interesting Star Wars news. Although I've got a feeling some of it is to be confirmed in terms of the castings. Um, but we do know pretty much now that um, Ian McDiarmid, I'm not sure if I'm yeah. saying that right, is going to be returning as Emperor Palpatine right. um, in, right. in the form of a Force ghost. At the very least, yes. And then rumours of uh, of the storyline being something close to Dark Empire. Uh, I've actually read Dark Empire. I read it um, fairly yeah. recently. 
was that basically the uh, emperor had managed to download his force, you know, his, his spiritual right. essence into clones. But the trouble is, he was going through the clones so quickly because they, they weren't right. sturdy enough to contain his um, to contain his will. Um, right. And 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 thinking in that story, he, you know, sort of like he he, um, he beckons Luke, and he sort of like he try he tries to convert Luke to the dark side, and and is successful right. to a certain extent to a point, if you remember. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I get this. My, my, if he's going to be a force ghost, if if, if we're going to see that much at least, so you know, at least we know that that uh, either it's his clone or it's some other dark, you know, Jedi who he's going to be communing with. So at the very least, we know we're going to see him, his essence, uh, communing with. Uh, whatever this threat is going to be. Now, that's general enough, I know, and you can't gleam a lot out of there. But, I mean, what's he going to be doing as a Force Ghost? The Force Ghost is going to be trying to aid, you know, the new, whoever the villain is in the next movie, you know, Palpatine's ghost is going to be, you know, trying to help him, uh, you know, attain the goal, you know, Mm -hmm. something of that nature anyway. And also, if they were to do, if they were to do sort of like a Dark Empire, they'd need a a much younger Luke Skywalker than Mark Hamill. So that's what makes me think that it probably won't be Dark Empire, but they'll loosely base it along that with those lines. Yeah, um, you know, maybe, 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 now I I seem to remember also some storyline where Luke comes across a um, uh, a, a dark Jedi relic, some uh, instrument that it, it was like a uh, an Omicron or something of that nature, it, something that that would would speak to the dark Jedi past, and, and there's some secrets therein that help with the current, you know, the 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 the, the, the current storyline and the current, you know, threat that faced to the by the New Republic. So it, it may very well be that that for some reason Luke is is, you know, having a seance with with the old Emperor in, in an attempt to glean, you know, some information. Who knows? You know, I, I'm sure though we're way off in some in some instances and it may very well be that the only thing we do know is that we're gonna see the Emperor as a ghost. But how that happens, man, that we're going to be speculating on that for, mm-hmm. when is it coming out? In a year or two? Um, I, think, I think it's actually set for 2014. Wow, next summer maybe? Well, it'll be the summer after next, but yeah. Well, That'd be, yeah, it'll be 2015, 2015, I think it is now, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I, I think that's about right. It's going to go by fast before <laughs> we know it. It'll be here. Well, and then I heard that they're, uh, he's going to be shooting it in 35mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that's right. Um, but another story that I've heard is that they're, they're also mulling over the idea of um, having you McGregor return as Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, some, which some... I get that. I mean, Obi Wan was in every movie since Star Wars. Uh, I'm sorry, every post Empire and Jedi, he was there along the way, and I, I just don't see how he wouldn't continue, and maybe even Yoda. And maybe even Anakin, right? I mean, yeah. God, I'd love to see Anakin. There is, there you know, is that uh, point, but what 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 I was going to say is that you know J.J. Abrams is talking about going back to the other films and removing the Anakin Guinness parts and substituting them with redone. Um, yeah, part, and I don't like that idea. Um, I, no, I you don't like that. I don't I like do. that at all. I don't like that at all. I think they should just age you McGregor up to make him look look look. Well, it's going to be easy to do with with our technology now. That could be done. 
fine. Because you know? I just don't like the idea of them removing Annie Guinness's performance from the original Star Wars trilogy. Well, you know? I don't I, think no, he deserves you know, I, that. I see what you're saying. That's right. Because we don't know. We don't know Anakin as anything. Excuse me. Obi-Wan, as from a Force pers- a ghost perspective, as anything but an old Anakin, uh, an old Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to continue. I mean, the only way he could still be a ghost is if he is the old Obi-Wan. Yeah, that will be a challenge, won't it? It, it, it would. And I, I just think if there was to go back and change that in those movies, it, it's just going to sound like a... Uh, oh, yeah, I would agree more. with you. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just make age it, him. Just and age can, him. You know, suspension of disbelief will do the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen. But, you know, like, like I said, I just don't want to see Anna Guinness's performances removed from those films because he, he was brilliant. No. Yeah, you, yeah, I agree. Well, like they, like they changed... At the end of Jedi, right, the new one uh, has uh, uh, Anakin, the young Anakin, rather than the old Anakin yeah. standing there. Remember? And and, and, uh, and again, it took away from the uh, from the older Anakin's brief performance on screen with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, and. That's- and it kind of looks shit because the uh, younger Anakin, who is it now, Hayden Christensen, couldn't act. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens there. Oh man, I'd like to see. Uh, that would be fun. That would be fun to see Hayden Christensen uh, just from a, to keep uh, the continuum, so to speak. You know, going. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a force ghost. Mm-hmm. Personally, personally. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, hey, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have faith in JJ. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. You know, I think the Star Trek movies were good, uh, and uh, and I think JJ is going to do a. He's got a wealth of, uh, of 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 Star Trek things. Excuse me, Star Wars. Uh, 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 just, just so much has been done since the old, uh, since Return of the Jedi with respect to, you know, books and what have you, that there's just so much that he can draw from, you know, mm-hmm. take a little bit here and a little bit there. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I think he's going to do a great job personally. Well, but think, there are two camps to that. Think, fingers crossed that he does. I mean, I, I, you know, I was, I was actually a fan of JJ's work before he did Star Trek. Um, I'd actually yeah. seen, seen a film that he wrote, he wrote the screenplay for called Regarding Henry, which was, uh, Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, that that was a JJ screenplay, um, and you know seen various TV series that he's been involved with, and he's always you know put out good good product. Um, despite the um, you know snipe cock up he had with Star Trek in Darkness, um, you know can forgive him that one, but. Um, I generally liked his work. I generally liked his output overall. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. So um, I have to say, I would I would agree with that. But, you know, I didn't like Into Darkness for obvious reasons. I just felt it was kind of taking the easy route, bringing Khan back. They could have done something entirely different. Um, but mm-hmm. I was... mean, I, I agree. Yeah, they could have. But, I, you know, uh, I don't know why I feel weird saying this, but I enjoyed it. I I had a good time with it. And I know there are people who who come down and say, oh, my God, it was absolutely horrible. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting take. I think we've already established that this is an alternate reality. So the, the chances are there to have the same stories rehashed. On the one hand, from a creative perspective, someone could say, oh, let's do new stuff. But by the same token, there's something to be said about the familiar. And let's put a new twist on uh, on the familiar. You can do new stuff with old faces, so to speak. You know, I, Look, no matter what he does, people aren't going to like it, and people are going to love it. So 
you know, uh, uh, let's uh, let's see what he does with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not in the same club as you as actually liking what was done with Into Darkness, but I did like what was done with the first Star Trek movie he did. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of interesting, interested to see what happens with the third, um, you know, because... Oh, me know, too. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Let's so. see what happens. But then again, um, I've only seen Into Darkness once, so may- maybe if I watch it a few more times, I might grow to like it. You never know. It might be one of them. Uh, well, hopefully there's no Starburst in Star Wars. You know, all those... <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Okay, well, you know, we're, we're moving on to the uh, to the big story of last week now. Dinner, 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 Affleck man. <laughs> Affleck, yeah, right. Affleck! I listen. I I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I was surprised at the announcement, especially because it sounded to me like they were wooing, uh, you know, Christian Christian Bale to to to, to don the cowl again. And for some reason, it looked like that was going to happen. Now that may be the case for the Justice League movie or something like that. I don't know. Nah, it's not going to um, happen. But it, it looks like that's the case now, doesn't it? From from the, the rumors that we're seeing. I kind of thought. I got to admit, I got to admit, Cici, when you ran that uh, story. Um, of of of, um, of him being offered fifty million to come back, I kind yeah, of, I, yeah. you know, in the back of my mind, I kind of thought, well, this is this is probably just a rumor. But um, it came but... from a great reliable source, you know, Latina Review. They're pretty good about stuff, and mm-hmm. I saw it somewhere else. And I've started to like if they say it, typically the things that they've said usually come through. And so I thought that was a great lead, and I went around, and then I'll go and I'll look in a few other places. And I saw it somewhere else, and I was like, all right, let's, 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 let's see what happens. But yeah. it was just that, a rumor. And, uh, I, and what I will say is we don't know if, if it's, if it's Christian Bale going to be for some other Batman project. Cause, you know, World's Finest and Justice League may be two different things. I don't know. I don't Who think, knows, I but... don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to woo him back, to be honest. Because, uh, you know, yeah. when, when, when Bale said that, you know, this, that, that's it, the third Batman film's it, he was pretty definite. He was pretty adamant. And don't think yeah, any amount yeah, of money's going to woo him so back. Too. Because yeah. he's, he's kind of like, um, he, he's, he's, he's a career actor, you know, so like he's, um, you know, an award-winning actor and, um, and, yeah. and to be honest we're lucky to get three Batman films out of him because he's too good for it no yeah so apparently it, it, now we know it is going to be Ben Affleck but I don't know why everyone is so upset I mean you know you, I, I think um, people were unsure of Christian Bale and look that turned out great mm, I think the reason I think we have to give Christian I think we have to give Ben Affleck a chance I think the reason people are upset is because of Daredevil they didn't like know what he did in Daredevil although I actually disagree with him I actually enjoyed Daredevil I thought Daredevil was quite I enjoyed Daredevil as well and, um, and, and look let's look at Chris Evans his 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 portrayal of Captain America is nothing like his portrayal of Johnny Storm. And I like him much better as Captain America than I liked him as Johnny Storm. And I didn't mind him as Johnny Storm. But it's a different character. And and you know, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe Ben Affleck can do a billionaire Playboy superhero better than he could do a blind lawyer superhero. I don't know. I don't I don't you know, think but you, I'm, you know, I've got to be honest, Go uh, I don't think there was actually anything too bad to me wrong with his uh, with his interpretation of Daredevil. I think what it was, I mean when Daredevil came out, it was relatively successful. It did pretty good box office. Yeah, it that's was hard, right. I, it, was hardly that. The, it was hardly the flop that everyone that that that, that everyone seems to so like uh, remember it to be. It's almost like they've got selective memory. I think what kind of yeah. ruined it for Ben Affleck back then 
was the whole benefit thing, you know, because Maybe. it was when he started dating yeah. uh, Jennifer, what's her name now? Jennifer Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. I think that guy, oh, that, yeah. that, is that yeah, whole yeah. benefit thing and, and all that sort of stuff kind of like clouded and in, overshone what, you know, Daredevil and various film projects I was involved in then. And yeah. yeah, his acting was a little bit of hit and miss. And I've got to say, his acting is in those earlier films and even in Daredevil to a point, it was a little bit hit and miss, but it was functional. It, it 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 didn't do it anything to take away from yeah. the movie. It worked, but at the same time, he's since gone on to write and direct. And since he's been doing, you know, since he's done done things like Argo and uh, Hollywood Man, Hollywood Man, yeah, yeah. I actually challenged these naysayers to actually sit down and watch Hollywood Man and 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 turn around and say that Ben Affleck can't act because if they turn around and say that he can't act after watching Hollywood Land and Argo and stuff like that, they don't know what the fucking hell they're talking about. I agree. You know? And isn't it interesting? He's actually played Superman <laughs> in a way. <laughs> in, in in a way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember him in that 1950s suit because I enjoyed Hollywoodland. I'm not Hollywood. Was it Hollywoodland? Yes, Hollywoodland. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And uh, and let's you know what people aren't talking about is let's remember: are we or are we not going to have Henry Cavill as Superman in World's Finest? I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, I mean it's all like uh... right, and everyone loves him as Superman. So uh, let's not forget that we still have. Henry Cavill as the other part of this equation, that's a positive thing. I think that's a, a really, really, really good thing. And so this entire movie is not going to fall and rise on Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman. You know, we still have Henry Cavill. We don't even know what the storyline is like. And and we don't know who the villain is going to be yet. Yeah, yeah. Although we've, had, we've heard rumors, haven't we? Rumors being that uh, they're looking at someone from Lex Luthor. Uh, there have been some actors like the guy from Breaking Bad and the gentleman who played uh, 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 the uh, the nemesis, Green Lantern's nemesis, the red guy. Oh, uh, Mark Strong. Matt Strong. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's um, right. So, yeah, I mean... I'm I I I'm sort of like um, I'm a bit like you with uh, Ben Affleck. I'm prepared to wait and see. Um, I, I think I think the fans that have written a petition and sent it to the White House asking them to you know change the casting is absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe Batman will die at the end of the film. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. You can't kill a Batman. Yeah, he'll die at the end of the film and he'll regenerate into Matt Smith. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like, we'll get a new doctor. <laughs> yeah, oh, only instead of it being a black bat suit, it'd be, um, it'll, be a pink, it'll be a pink black suit with a you know, fitted leather and a tiara. You know, fingers crossed it all works out, but you know, like, like with the, uh, you know, I just, you know, all, all these fans kicking off against uh, Ben Affleck, I just find it a bit, you know, a bit silly. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I didn't get it. I don't see all the animosity. Come on, the guy was, Argo was a great movie, you know? 
Everyone says last time he just won an Oscar for it. So give me a break, you know? I think he'll be fine. You know, George Clooney didn't, I didn't think, you know, uh, uh, he, he didn't strike Val Kilmer. He didn't strike me as a great Batman, you know? Oh, uh, my gosh. Well, uh, who was our first Batman? Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I didn't know when I heard Michael Keaton was going to be Batman, I did not, I was sure. It was going to be horrible. And I thought he did great. So, I mean, you just got to wait and see. Yeah, I've got to admit, though, you know, when, when I hear that Michael Keaton was playing Batman, I, I my, my first impressions were it wasn't anything to do with the fact that he did Beetlejuice. Because I knew, I knew that Michael Keaton had a bit of range as an actor. But my first impressions were when I heard that he was cast for Batman back in 89 was, um, isn't he kind of short? <laughs> isn't he a little short to be a superhero? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Ben Affleck is not too short. Ben Affleck actually is, is, is maybe he's not beefy enough, but neither was Christian Bale. You know, besides, it doesn't matter. Nowadays, you got the suit. suit will bulk them up, so we're good to go. Yeah, and back in... And every, everybody can talk like this. So, uh, you know, I'm, it'll I'm, be fine. And back in, <laughs> back in the 60s and 70s, when um, Adam West did it, they had platform shoes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, all will be well in Hollywood land, is my impression. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the... That's the title of my next uh, column dealing with this issue. <laughs> Yeah, all shall be well in Hollywood land. <laughs> yeah, Bat- Bat- Batman's uh, corpse found um, fa- found in twenty first century London or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ty, I better get you get on with it, and thanks for doing this with us. Oh, always a pleasure. Looking forward to the next one, my friend. Okay, and um, I better do the link now for the interview. So um, I America. will see you in. Next bat interview, same bat channel. Yep, absolutely. And uh, now it's on to my interview with uh, Bear McCreary. to welcome uh, Bear McCreary to the show. Um, he's one of my uh, favourite television and film composers. Um, hi, Bear. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, so you're more than welcome. I mean, you know, so like, um, as I was just saying to you before, before we started recording, I mean, I, I, I remember you from way back in Battlestar Galactica, and last time I... Uh, I spoke to you actually was about human targets. So you've done quite a bit since then. So we've got quite a bit of catching up to do. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of years. <laughs> in, in, indeed, indeed it has. Um, um, I think one, one, one project that you worked on recently that I, that I really enjoyed the music to, uh, was, was the, um, what was the song like theme, theme music you did for, for Defiance for site for the sci-fi channel. Um, and you know, it's like it's uh, quite an ambitious transmedia project, as, as you're very much aware, because you did both the soundtrack for the TV show and the video game as well. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, could you tell us a little bit about your working pro, the working process that you had to go through for that? Because you know, for that, you literally had to create the music for 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 an, for a new world from 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 the ground up. Yeah, that was what was really um, exciting about that particular project is uh, it takes place in a, a sort of post-apocalyptic Earth that's been terraformed by an invasive alien species. And um, the show and the game do not cover the actual invasion. That's all backstory. The, 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 the franchise really starts uh, a 
few decades after Earth has been terraformed. So this is what was really interesting to me, is that these alien races and human culture have had a few decades to intermingle and influence one another. So uh, that had really had a big influence on the sound of the score, which is sort of, you know, I was inspired by the way that the design of the game and the show has familiar elements. It, it, it is Earth, but it's been terraformed. It's been altered by an alien influence. And so in the same way, I just took a lot of sounds that are familiar and tried to create some sounds that were less familiar and jumbled them all together into this, into this you know, melting pot and create a sound for the franchise so that when people play the game or when people watch the show, they're always hearing something that sounds connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, one of the things I, I loved about, I mean, I think I think you had your brother sing a few songs on that on that soundtrack as well, um, and and he enjoyed. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the song songs that he did, but I also enjoyed. I can't remember the, the lady's name, but she sang a very song like alien sounding song. Um, on the, um, I think you're thinking of uh, I think you're thinking of Rhea Yarbrough, who is a singer that I've worked with on uh, Battlestar Galactica and a number of other projects. Um, mm-hmm. uh, both of them actually sang a lot on uh, Battlestar Galactica, so I kind of knew I needed to bring them back in for. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I think she had she had an, she she had an ama- she's got an amazing voice, and um, I just kind of like really enjoyed listening to 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 to, to that song on on the uh, on the CD. Uh, in fact, um, one, of the I, that, one of the things that's so cool is that I had the chance to write songs. I mean, I think that's that's, that's worth mentioning. I, mean, I wasn't just doing score; I was creating source music that is you know heard by the characters in the show. So I needed to, I needed to create pop music that supposedly came from an alien race, and I needed to do covers of songs that we recognize that had gone through uh, an alien filter. So that was really fun. In fact, one of the things that really drew me to the series in the first place was not only going to use my music to help tell a compelling story, but to create this truly alien world from the ground up. And uh, I had a little taste of that when I was scoring uh, Caprica, where I got to create some source pieces that I've never had an experience like this, where it was so immersive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I was actually playing the uh, I was actually playing the music um, when when I was listening to it to do my review of it, and um, you know, it happened to fall on a day where my my music teacher was coming round because I've been studying guitar for the past year, and my music teacher goes, well, "Who's that?" And he goes, um, "It's actually uh, some music composed by Bear McCreary," and um, you know, so. You know, he, he was really impressed with it. He, he actually liked the uh, liked the uh, the musical composition on it. So, so um, I'm going to talk to him at some point about maybe you know, you know, helping me sort of like learn some of those songs on on the guitar. Awesome! I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> and I'm not that good yet. I've only been playing for about a year, but it's um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that I'm hearing that, that I'm liking right now that I'm kind of like thinking, mm, that sound good on guitar. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, another project that I've really only learned over the last over the last couple of months that you're actually involved with is um, is, is you, you've done the music for Agents of Shield, you know, which is uh, the new, new new Joss Whedon series. It's a new song like Marvel comic series. I mean, you know, song like um, you know, it's, when I when I learned you was doing that, I thought, oh, this is just going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. I I, I, um, I think fans are going to be. I think fans are going to. I think they're going to love the show. I think they're going to love the music. Mm-hmm. Um, could you uh, t- tell us a little bit about, about how that job came about? Because it's, um, I mean, 
I've I've actually sort of like watched a few things and listened to a few things where where you're talking about it at, at Comic Con, and um, I'm just sort of like thinking, um, you know, what what sort sort of approach have you taken to do, doing the music for this? That's maybe different to anything you've done prior because you've got you've got a big orchestra. Yeah, well, it's a orchestral score. We have pretty substantial orchestra for every episode uh, between. 60 and, say, 70 players is probably uh, our average. And so it has a big cinematic sound, and, and it, uh, it has that because it belongs in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is, um, you know, we're coming to the show with this uh, knowledge of the film and, and the knowledge of where the show fits in in the, in the bigger picture. Um, but with that said, it's, it's not about superheroes. It's about the human beings that have to deal with the superheroes. So even though there's a big orchestral sound, there is also, I think, a more intimate and kind of quirky and personable side to the score. Um, because, you know, we're, we're, it's an ensemble cast, and we're learning about these people, and we're learning what makes them tick, and we're really getting to know them. And the music needs to help facilitate that. It can't all be bombastic uh, or hyper-emotionalized, uh, you know, superhero music. Because, of course, the show's not about the superhero. So it was an interesting balancing act. And, and uh, when I was first getting started writing my scenes and scoring the pilot, um, working with Josh and uh, Jeff Loeb at Marvel and uh, the entire creative team was a really great experience. They were able to help, help guide the score and help give me a really useful feedback and kind of find this perfect balance between something that sounds like superhero music but isn't just superhero music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite looking forward to see, seeing this because um, I, I've been a massive fan of the, uh, of the Marvel movies up until now. I mean, I thought Avengers last year, you know, just absolutely rocked. Um, in fact, um, a lot of people that have been seeing the new Superman movie, Man of Steel, are saying that, oh, this is better than Avengers. I don't agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to get into you know that's going to get me into a lot of fights right there. But you know, um, it's it's also great to so like see this Marvel film universe being continued on television as well. You know, it's just really really exciting. I, I agree, and I'm I'm I've always loved the superhero genre. I think if fans check out the records that I put out for Human Target or uh, a short-lived superhero show called The Cape. You'll hear, you know, I, 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 I wear it on my sleeve how much I, I love classic superhero movies. And so for me to be able to play around in the sandbox and, and work on a Marvel show uh, with Joss Whedon and his creative team, it's a dream come true. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely encourage fans to check out your music for Human Target because uh, that, that's probably my favorite TV theme of recent years. I still hum it to this day. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, you're you know, I mean, I've not actually seen the TV show in, in, in a good couple of years, but I can still remember the musical phrases, you know, from, from the main, main, main opening credit sequence. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, one, that one really stuck. Um, while, while we're kind of uh, on the uh, subject of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and superheroes, um, as you said, you wear your fandom on your sleeve for it. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering, if the opportunity ever came up for you to actually score one of the big superhero movies, uh, and this is kind of hypothetical, but which, which superhero would you like to do the score for? Oh, wow. You mean if I could take my pick of any superhero? It, you know, if you could take your pick of uh, any DC or Marvel or any superhero, thing, you know, from, 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 whatever, from whatever comics universe. 
you know who I would, whose movie I would want to score? I don't know if he'll ever get a movie. Uh, a DC character called The Question. Uh-huh. I would love to score. I would love to score his movie. Yeah, I, I, I've never actually read any, any any of the question. You know, I'm so like, I'm kind of like a, I'm kind of like a big Batman um, fan, and you know, so I can kind kind of big into my uh, my X Men and uh, and what yeah. else do I read? I, I read I read I even read the Boom comics, Planet of the Apes comic book series, and you know, I so I, I kind of I kind of lean more toward pulp, super, you know, pulp type superheroes. Um. Those are, all, those are all definitely cool. I mean, I, I grew up. I grew up mostly reading um, uh, Batman and uh, X Men and Spider Man were definitely, uh, you know, my sustenance when I was when I was growing up. Um, but uh, the, the question I've always found is sort of this fascinating character. I mean, I just love the he's sort of a conspiracy theorist madman, and uh, there's just something about him I've always I've always thought he's super cool. Um, I don't think I'll ever. I don't think I'll ever make a movie if they if they ever make so many DC character films that they get down to him. Then that'll be a very good thing. Yeah, cool. I mean, uh, you know, you no know, question. You know, with being conspiracy theory, it might make for a good TV series. That's true. Well, I mean, I, ironically, it's like when I think about a TV series about the question, I'm thinking about well, they kind of did it with X Files already. You know, I mean, that already touched upon so many things that uh, I think a good series about the question would touch upon. Um, but yeah, that's no, probably. But really, ironically, I think television is a medium that is really well suited uh, for for superhero stories. I mean, they are episodic, they are serial. I, I still think that the best translation of a superhero to the screen um, in any medium is Batman: The Animated Series from the nineties. Mm-hmm. And this thing is unparalleled, and, and it captured the soul of that character, and it was able to uh, reinvent. So many of the uh, of the villains and and other characters and invented new iconic characters that became part of the comic book mythology. You know, I mean that couldn't have that obviously didn't happen in the movie. You know, you got a movie coming out every two or three years at the most. Um, but a show like that, you know, you're able to really tell a lot of different stories. So that's you know, I've I've always been drawn to that kind of storytelling, and and uh, I, I'm very excited about Agents of Shield when I. I think that opportunity is there to really tell a different side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's through a, a different medium. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I might have actually asked you this question before. Um, so, you know, prep, you know, prep me if I have, but I'm, I'm just wondering, um, you know, as a composer, I mean, a lot of composers use different instruments when, when writing music. Um, I mean, there's some that use guitar and there's some that will maybe, you know, use a keyboard or stuff, you know, just for the purposes of writing and, and, uh, and, and doing the musical compositions. So I'm just wondering, what, what instruments do you favour when you're, when you're writing music for, for television shows or, or just I, generally? You know, I am most successfully a piano player. Um, I also am very good at playing accordion, and I play um, Purdy Gurdy as well, which I actually use on an upcoming show for Star called Black Sail. Uh, and actually, most of the time, I write on piano. I would say up until Black Sails, I wrote exclusively on piano. But this show emphasizes the accordion and the Purdy Gurdy so much that I actually find myself uh, writing on those instruments um, frequently. I mean, they really are one of the defining sounds of, of that of that score. And uh, as such, it, it actually sounds different. I mean, it really melodically it even sounds different than anything I'd ever written before because I hadn't because I didn't write it on the piano. 
So I, I actually have very recently discovered that writing on different instruments actually brings out a different part of your creativity. Um, I imagine for someone who, you know, people, for, for writers, it's the same. If you're, if you're typing, it's probably going to turn out different than if you hand write, you know, if you type on an iPad. I mean, it just sort of like makes your body go through a slightly different motion. It makes your brain think a little differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one, one last question. Um, you know, obviously, you've got Agents of the Shield coming up, but before we go, is there any other, are there any other projects and TV shows that, that you've got work on that you'd like to uh, make, make mention of? Well, I, uh, I did a series called Da Vinci's Demons on Stars, which I think is one of the most fun and smart uh, series I've ever been involved in. And uh, thankfully, that uh, got picked up for second season, so I'll be working on that soon. But I believe the DVD uh, comes out uh, of season one in the near future, and, and my record label is working on uh, getting a CD out. Um, although we uh, also have a, a record out uh, digitally already. Um, and uh, I'm working on a, you know, a little, little under-the-radar show called The Walking Dead, which... Um, <laughs> Joking, by the way. Um, but yeah, Walking Dead comes back in October, and uh, I'm very excited about the fourth season. I, I, I think it's just going to be, um, I think it's just going to be incredible. And then also, one other thing to put on your radar, I got, a, I've got um, uh, two features coming out, and one of them out now. It's called Europa Report. It's a really cool little science fiction movie, um, and the soundtrack's out now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did a, a comedy, a weird horror adventure comedy called Knights of Badass, starring Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones and Ryan Quatney from True Blood and Steve Zahn from Trinae, and uh, Summer Glau is in it too. Uh, and that, that is actually, I believe, going to be coming out finally. It's, it's many years overdue, but um, that, that score is one of the weirdest and just most rocking scores I've ever done, so... There's a lot of cool stuff uh, on the horizon. Oh, cool. I mean, I've, um, I've actually recently listened to your score to Europa Report and found myself humming along to all the vying in pieces. There you go. Well, it's all about having a catchy theme. That's, that's, that's what I like to do. <laughs> OK, well, uh, thanks a lot for your time. It's been great reconnecting with you again. And, uh, you know, the best of luck with all the projects that, that, that are coming up. Um, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, Agents of Shield goes goes more more than more than a couple of years, so it keeps you in work for a while. Yeah, me too. I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I'll keep my toes crossed as well. You know. Yeah, great. So, so the best of luck with everything. It's been been really great speaking to you again, and ho- hopefully we can catch up again sometime. Sounds great. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, not bye. Hi there, this is Robert Leeshock from Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict, better known as Liam Kincaid, and you are listening to SFP Now. The fate of humanity now relies on those who dare challenge the future. 
of birth. Next time on the new audio adventures of Star Trek, the continuing mission. I know who you are. You're Captain Paul Edwards. Why am I sitting here with you? You have something better to do tonight? I don't know what you hope to accomplish by following the doctor around Managua all night. Don't you think sneaking around like that is a little undignified? You know, this stuff isn't half bad once you get used to it. A little plain, isn't it? Plain? That's my mother's own recipe. That building is a brothel. I think we both know what he's doing in there. Why don't you just stay here tonight? And if you want to, you can take one of these old birds up in the air in the morning. I didn't know you two were fond of Nicaragua. Oh, yes. Fond. Very fond. I can't feel my head. I would say your Bushmills does an adequate job. Aye, that it does, Miss Nitrokov. <laughs> Nothing like a night in Managua. I don't know why I let you talk me into this. Don't bruise the cheese ball. Right, 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 right. Only on the new audio adventures of Star Trek. The continuing mission at continuingmission.com. And that about wraps it up for this week's show. Um, we've got some great interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, next week we have um, an interview with um, Atto Asendo, um, who is... He was well known for a certain scene in the film Django, uh, but he's also got a main role in the uh, new BBC America series, Copper, which um, is, is currently shooting its second season um, out in the US, and it's uh, still yet has yet to come uh, out here in the UK, um, as far as I know. But we'll be talking to Atto Ascendo um, about about. About that, about Copper, about his role in elementary, and um, you know, not lots of different things, including a little bit of video games talk uh, towards the end. So um, you know, keep keep an eye out for that. That'll be that'll be um, on next week's show. Um, as ever, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back at you next week. And look out for uh, more great episodes of SFP now and Genre um in in future months to come. Thanks a lot. Bye. Offer the world order.